The following CannabisRadio.com program contains explicit language and content that can be considered graphic and offensive. This program is not suitable for all audiences, and the opinions expressed do not reflect those of CannabisRadio.com, its staff, management, or sponsors. Listener discretion is advised. And now, this week's sermon is from our beloved... The Savior of the Weed. CannabisRadio.com presents The Stoner Jesus Show. Don't try to debate me on something. Motherfucker, I can't do many things well, but words are my shit. I give it to go, King. I've created very few things outright in my life. That's one of them. That's my shit. I'm not going to have it run into the ground by a bunch of whiny fucking dickweed. I got coronavirus from snorting liquefied fucking bad brains. The Stoner Jesus Show. Ah, yeah. Stoner Jesus Show Live, Chapter 4, Verse 8. Doing it live on September 6th, 2020. Welcome to everyone watching and listening live on Twitter and Periscope at Stoner Jesus 420. Of course, we're also on Twitch. And on the Stoner Jesus Show Facebook page. I'm going to share that in the Disciples of Stoner Jesus Facebook group as well. If you're a hardcore fan of the show, search Disciples of Stoner Jesus on Facebook. You want to email the show, StonerJesus420 at gmail.com. You can add us during the show at StonerJesus420 on Twitter. I'm monitoring the Periscope chat area and checking in on the Facebook comment area. If you're commenting on Twitch, I'm sorry I don't have that pulled up. Just a lot. A lot of stuff going on tonight, a lot of big interviews. Eric Stolhansky from Broken Lizard, Super Troopers, Buck Angel, trans activist and entrepreneur, Chrissy Mayer, podcast host, comedian from New York. All of it tonight, a Labor Day interview bonanza, if you will. Plus, our awesome sponsor, StonerJesus.net, of course. Check out their banners at StonerJesus.net. All information on the show can be found at StonerJesus.net. I said website enough? I don't think so. You go to stonerjesus.net find past episodes, social media links, sponsor banners, the Stoner Bible, which i got to get back to working on. All that stuff. One more time. stonerjesus.net. Go check it out. A lot of stuff talked about tonight. Instagram, rolling trade giveaway, the MILF tournament. I didn't pull that up. That reminds me. Got both the, uh, the winners of this round two of the hottest sitcom MILF ever tournament. Round two results are in. Say about that. Coming up, also uh, Zoom calls and the new Stoner Jesus Show merch store. Just a lot of shit to get to. Don't forget about OnlyFans. I forgot about that. we got some adult star interviews up there. I'm going to do more with that. OnlyFans.com slash Stoner Jesus. The hottest MILF ever, the hottest sitcom MILF ever tournament. I made up the name and I still can't get it right. That's going on. As I said, the round two polls closed recently. All of them finished on Twitter. We've been doing the polls. And I had to break a couple ties. And also, inexplicably, the first poll got 4,000 votes. All for Peggy Bundy. 
So Peggy Bundy in the first in the uh, the first matchup around two absolutely destroyed Claire Dunphy from Modern Family. Peggy Bundy, of course, from Married with Children, very popular show back in the eighties. If you didn't know, well, now you do. Do a little history here on the show as well. But uh, Peggy Bundy won. Nancy Botwin from Weeds tied with April Buchanan from Eastbound and Down. I picked April Buchanan as the winner simply because I think she's hotter. That's how ties are broken. Same thing with the tie between Pam Beasley-Halpert from The Office and Angie Lopez from George Lopez. I think Angie Lopez is hotter. So, bam, she's a winner. Gloria from Modern Family beat Joy Turner from My Name is Earl. Friends winners. Rachel Green beat Samantha Stevens from Bewitched. And Monica Geller beat Judy Miller from Still Standing. Morticia Adams knocked out Wanda McCullough from The Ray Max Show, and Carol Foster Lambert from Step by Step beat Fran Fine of The Nanny. So that is your Elite Eight. Round three, Elite Eight votes, whatever they will be called, will be coming to Twitter at StonerJesus420 very soon. You can see the page. Whoops. Kicking stuff. at StonerJesus.net. All of the great stuff that's going on. Of course, as I mentioned, the Rolling Tray giveaway that's on Instagram. If you want to go check that out. Instagram is uh, Stoner Jesus Picks, Stoner Jesus P I X. That's how you can find us. See there? That's basically what the post looks like. There's a few of them on Instagram. If you want to check it out, just repost, tag me, you know, like, make sure you follow me, all that good stuff. Still got about nine days left in the giveaway. You can win some dope Stoner Jesus Show rolling trays. Just go to Instagram at Stoner Jesus Picks on Instagram. If you're watching the video version of the show, you can see it. Right there, go check it out. Now, as mentioned, first of all, I'll do the Zoom thing. Zoom calls, haven't done a Zoom call lately. We played a couple on the show. If you'd like to be alerted by email the next time we go on Zoom and record for the show, blaze up with us, whatever, you never know what craziness is going to happen. I pick up every single call to see what's going on. Make sure you go to sternjesus.net and sign up for our mailing list. That way I will alert you via email. Whoops. Did that wrong. There we go. I will alert you via email <laughs> how uh, that, that we're live on Zoom. I'll give you the information, the, the code to get in, all that stuff. It's the quickest way. Because I post it on Twitter and in the Facebook group as well, the Disciples of Sterner Jesus Facebook group on Twitter. But this is the best way to get alerted. Subscribe to the Sterner Jesus Show mailing list at stonerjesus.net. Spend your email address. Click subscribe. It's free. I don't send out a lot. Basically, now I'm just going to be sending out Zoom emails, so that's pretty much it. So go check it out. Become part of the Zoom calls that I play right here on the show. Also, as I said, Stern Jesus Show merch store has launched on Teespring. Stern Jesus Show shop. Go check that out at uh, Teespring. I'm putting, putting the links. Let's see, I did that again. Messed up the graphic two times in a row. <laughs> it's the show logo, so it's not that big of a deal. But still, I don't like messing up. The graphics. I've been putting the link on Twitter. There's a link to the Stern Jesus Show shop on sternjesus.net as well. It's like teespring.com and some numbers or whatever. Just search the Stern Jesus Show shop. I'm sure I will be up in the the uh, the search very very soon. So far, we're just using the show logo to do some products: a face mask, a sticker, an iPhone case, and a Stern Jesus Show mug. Again, as you can see there, if you're watching the video version of the show. Go check out the Stern Jesus Show shop link on SternJesus.net. Be on the lookout for it on Twitter. Either way, I'll be tweeting out 
the shop, the different products. We'll be adding more products if uh, this thing is goes well. Which hopefully it does. You never know. <clears throat> Excuse me. You never know about these things. So go check it out. The Stoner Jesus Show shop on Teespring. Good stuff. Good stuff. Go get you a Stoner Jesus Show cross-joint logo face mask. Be the coolest. The coolest. I think that's all the shit I had to get out of the way. Indeed. You may know a few months ago, I was kicked off of TikTok for doing bong rips. They don't like that. So I'm back on TikTok. I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to be family friendly. Uh, I'm trying not to get into trouble or get banned. The first video I did, I've done four now. I'm going to play three for you tonight before we get into the Labor Day interviews. I, um, uh, I don't know. It was banned immediately. It was banned immediately. It was violated community guidelines. It was taken off immediately. The last two videos, the last few videos I've done have stayed up, and that's good. But the this first video I'm going to show you from TikTok, it, uh, it, it immediately violated community standards. Yo, what's up, everybody? Stoner Jesus here from the Stoner Jesus Show, stonerjesus.net. Last time I was on TikTok, I got kicked off. Uh, I was banned within a week. By the way, I apologize for the volume of these. They're much better on TikTok. When you download the video onto the phone, uh, at least my phone, the it's not good. I guess I wasn't very family-friendly, very kid-friendly, so I'm going to try to change that right now with some tips for you kids out there. Check it out. Get you a paper towel roll. Get you some of those fabric softener dryer sheets. Stick the dryer sheets into the paper towel roll. That way, if you're choking on something or smoking something in your room, you exhale into this, smoke comes out this end, it's less smell for your parents to get and smell and find you doing something you're not supposed to be doing. Stay tuned to this TikTok for more helpful kid family tips. So I was just trying to give good tips. So that one was banned immediately. So I thought, well, what am I going to do now? Of course, the answer is obvious when it comes to what to do when you want something to be family friendly, of course, and that is Sock Puppets. show. Here making another attempt to do more family friendly videos because uh, my, my videos keep getting banned, my channels keep getting banned. So I'm going to try something a little different. Everybody loves sock puppets. This is Bill. Say hello, Bill. Hello, Stoner Jesus. Hello, everybody out there. See, Bill likes weed. It's probably because Bill doesn't have any eyes. That's a real problem. I like weed, Stoner Jesus. I like weed too, Bill. Be more like Bill. Yeah. Stay tuned to this TikTok page for more family-friendly content. So that one did not get banned, which is good. I, I think the sock puppet really, really put me over the top there. I have another sock puppet video up on TikTok right now. Stern Jesus TikTok on TikTok. We'll see how long it lasts. I don't know. You never know about these things. It could all be over tomorrow. <clears throat> Last but not least... The TikTok videos that I'm going to show you. Lip syncing is very big on TikTok, and this is out of sync in this video, which I, I believe. I mean, I, when I was looking on my phone, it looked out of sync. Hopefully, it's in sync on here. It's in sync on TikTok. Just trust me. I did a kick-ass job with this lip sync job. Stoner Jesus, TikTok. And I
So there it is. TikTok, Stoner Jesus, TikTok. <laughs> Make sure you go check it out. It's really just the dopest thing imaginable. At least that's what I think. That's it for me for uh, live tonight. The rest of the night is going to be the Labor Day interview bonanza. we got Eric Stohansky coming up first. Before the first break, of course, some Super Troopers and Broken Lizard, Club Dread, Beer Fest. We're talking about Super Troopers 3, Beer Fest 2, all kinds of stuff. I also talked to Buck Angel. That'll be in the next segment. Trans activist and entrepreneur. We talked about trans issues, uh, cannabis. He does a lot of cannabis stuff with his cannabis company. And last but not least, to round out the night in the third segment, Christy Mayer. We ran the gamut over a 40-minute interview talking about just a wide range of things, including one of our awesome sponsors, Cushy Dreams, and uh, her first time smoking weed and what she's been up to and pissing off Chrissy Teigen on Twitter. Just all kinds of stuff coming up for the rest of the night here on the Stoner Jesus Show Live, Chapter 4, Verse Eight. Make sure you check out SternJesus.net for links, shows, and more. Go check out all the other shit I talked about, the rolling trade giveaway, the merch store, all of that. It's dope shit, man. Now, without further ado, my interview with Eric Stohansky from Broken Lizard and Super Troopers. Peace, bitches. Welcome back, everybody. Stoner Jesus Show on the old video chat. We have Eric Stohansky from the legendary comedy group broken lizard of course the minds behind such classes as super troopers super troopers 2 beer fest club dread among others uh eric thanks for coming on the show and, and taking the time to be with us hey how are you i'm doing great uh, i hope you're doing well uh obviously yeah. we live in a time when history is you know everything that came before and then everything that's happened in the last six months how has the last six months been for you oh uh, pretty good Pretty, uh, I guess I have not traveled nearly as much as I uh, used to. Yeah. I think I had like five trips canceled in an hour as soon as the whole COVID thing, thing kicked in. So, uh, yeah, I've been spending a lot of time. It's, uh, I was in LA for a little bit, but then the pandemic kicked back up and kind of spiked. So, my wife and I have been spending more time in a place in Minneapolis. Absolutely. Um, I guess uh, you had a, the traveling schedule was a lot of. Uh, like Comic Cons, were you guys planning on going on the road, or was there anything that was postponed as far as that went? Uh, mostly, I had some Comic Cons, some meetings. You know, just kind of like some pitch meetings, and uh, yeah, yeah, just some speaking engagements, that kind of stuff. Uh, obviously, I would be remiss if I didn't ask first, of course, about the uh, rumors surrounding Super Troopers Three and where that stands. If you can talk about it, of course, I know there may be some things under wraps, but. Uh, Anything you can tell us about the progress on Super Troopers 3? Sure. I guess that's also been part of uh, what's been keeping us busy for the last several months. We've been working pretty hard on several drafts. Um, just got a new draft in the email yesterday. So we are, um, we've done definitely two, and we're working on a, probably a third right now, is how you might describe it. We're still awesome. early in the game, but we cracked the story, and now we're, 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 we're finessing it. Yeah, something to definitely look forward to. Uh, speaking of things to look forward to, among, along with the rumors. Oh, there we go. Somebody just well. crashed the party. <laughs> You're being interviewed, Coco. Say hi. That's right. It's like dinner World time. famous Stoner Jesus show. <laughs> <laughs> Every time around dinner time, she charges in and starts staring at me. So yeah. Maybe... <laughs> yeah, it's about that time here, too. I'm going to go 
charge somewhere see if I can find me some food after this. <laughs> um, uh, there's also been some rumors I saw online, online at least about a possibility of a sequel to Beer Fest. Uh, is there any truth to those rumors and any progress on that? We have outlined some thoughts on it. We're not, we don't have a draft of the whole script, but uh, it's not for, not, it's not as far as along as SuperTubers 3. There's another script that we're also pretty far along on. Uh, so I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but it's not as far along as a couple of the projects. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, something to look forward to is, you know, obviously when we were younger, sequels, I guess, were looked at as something different than they are now. Now they're basically, especially in these times, I guess we kind of look at sequels as just like, you know, another adventure with people we actually like and we want to spend a couple hours with. And uh, it's definitely great that you guys continue to make these movies. And I know a lot of people get a lot of joy out of them. And these, these days, we definitely need it. That's for sure. Thanks. Yeah, sequels are a tricky thing. Some people are nervous of them. People have sequelitis. But uh, I guess one way we kind of looked at it is like a lot of television shows are very successful in doing multi-episodes with the same characters. So, you know, you could think of film as just sort of like continuing the story on with the same characters. Yeah, like I said, something nice about, you know, characters that you know and you actually like and you actually know that you want to you put a couple hours into. And, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> you guys are uh, definitely cover that. Thanks. Yeah, sequels are weird. We're tough. Like Guardians of the Galaxy two came out. I was like, oh, I couldn't wait. You know, I was excited to see it. So some you like, some you're like, yeah, I don't know if that's gonna be good. <laughs> um, for anybody who follows you on Twitter at Eric Stolhansky, uh, we'll notice that you have uh, something you do with days of the week. You just post the picture <laughs> of the days of the week and just the word. Uh, how'd that come about, and why do you do that? Well, I don't know. I felt like during Corona, the coronavirus thing. All the days were just melding together. I mean, all travel got canceled. Day, you know, against waking up later than normal, uh, drinking probably more than usual. And all of a sudden, like everything was just melding together. So, like one day as a joke, my wife and I just decided to pop up Monday, and then it got a lot of likes. <laughs> and then we started putting up Tuesday, and then people started commenting that they start are starting to use my Instagram account as their calendar. Because <laughs> everything was just melding together, so every day I try to put in other stuff incorporated, but every day I do put up the day. Yeah, it's definitely. I don't know, this coronavirus thing just keeps going on. I mean, at first I felt like it was going to be like two weeks. That's what I was hoping for, but uh, it seems like something that's going to be with us for for quite a long time, and that's. Uh, and we're just they're saying, "Buckle up!" I'm like, oh, "Yeah." <laughs> um, Broken Lizard itself, uh, obviously, you guys have been around for a long time. And I'm sure you've told the story many times, but uh, can you give us a little bit of background on how Broken Lizard came together? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Broken Lizard started back when we were all at college together. We were all buddies in college. And back in school, we had, it was a larger group. We had a much larger, I think it was like 11 people or something back in school. Wow. And it had different uh, people coming and going. And then after we graduated, I moved back to Minnesota. I know Paul had moved back to Colorado. And Jay said, hey, you know, we're thinking about putting the band back together. It was a lot of fun. Would you guys be interested in coming out? We jumped at the opportunity. Said, "Man, it was so much fun at school doing it." So, uh, we didn't have careers at the time. I was mowing lawns or something. A couple <laughs> bucks in the summer. And so, uh, yeah, drove a friend's car out to New York, slept on Jay's floor, had two hundred dollars to my name. But we uh, had so much fun doing it that we just did sketch comedy in New York for about five years before we started making independent movies. And that was sort of our beginning. Wow, that's uh, yeah, definitely uh. 
Definitely cool stuff. And like I said, I've been a fan of you guys for a really long time, obviously since uh, the Super Trooper days. Um, how uh, Obviously, my show was centered a lot around cannabis, and uh, everybody has their own relationship with cannabis, either none or some or a lot. Uh, sure. What has your relationship been with cannabis, if any, uh, throughout your life? It was a very good friend to us when we were writing some of our comedy. <laughs> a, uh, a kind of <laughs> You know, it's funny, we often get, uh, a lot of people call Super Troopers a stoner comedy. And, yeah. you know, I know we, we sort of use it as a, a plot at the beginning. And uh, we had that sort of funny joke in it that we smoke it to understand what was going on in the Afghanistan animation cartoon. <laughs> but, you know, it was, I, don't, I don't see it as like Cheech and Chong or Pineapple Express, but uh, it certainly has uh, been described as a stoner comedy. So I should ask you that maybe why as a viewer do you see it like that? Uh, there's, I, there's, I know the, at least for me there's a difference between you know weed themed movies like Half Baked and just movies yeah. that are great to watch while you're high. Which, believe it or not, there's a lot that just aren't. They're just awful to watch while high. But there are some, uh, especially like your guys' movies that are great. And I have noticed that. Super Troopers will pop up on different lists when it comes to like top stoner comedies or whatever throughout yeah. the years. And uh, obviously the, uh, the, the, the scene with the guys in the car that's uh, been memed and just played over the right. cannabis community for, for so long. And it's definitely uh, one of the more famous things that happened in cannabis culture. But uh, yeah, I think that movies like that are definitely, I don't want to say movies you don't have to think too much about, but movies that you can enjoy and not have to just invest, you know, so much emotions in it just to relax for a couple of hours. And it's, I definitely think that a lot of stoners find that helpful uh, when they're partaking. And um, that's why I guess, you, I guess, I don't want to call you guys icons in the stoner community, but yeah, you're definitely, you're definitely well known <laughs> among the gamers community. I guess, uh, yeah, it's kind of a fun thing to enjoy after you smoke. What's that? It's you kind of cut out a little bit. Fun to, uh, sorry, am I, am I loud enough? I should. You're, just, uh, you're freezing and glitching a little bit, which oh, is um, a thing with technology that I love. Yeah, I tend to complain a lot, even though this this what we're doing right here is absolutely amazing, technologically. Yeah. But if something glitches, I say, "Oh, this is a piece of crap. Oh, I hate it." What no. are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was just trying to say, you know, uh, uh, comedies are a fun thing to enjoy when you uh, smoke a little bit. You know. Oh, absolutely. So we always love the Animal House, Fletch, you know, all that kind of stuff. And certainly our influences. Definitely. We'd love to be able to try to get back and make people laugh as well. Absolutely. And again, not to harp on it, but in these times, it's uh, it's very much needed. <laughs> oh, man. 2020, what a year. Wow. Oh, yeah. It just keeps getting uh, better and better. <laughs> Every day is a new thing, man. It's like, oh, wow. Couldn't get worse. But, oh, hey, you know, you know, it's... uh. You know, the thing I mean, with Black Panther, and it just it just goes the it goes on and on. I mean, it's just it's crazy every day, right? Stuff. Oh, yeah. Never know um, you're gonna get For a lot of people who may not know, uh, you have a prosthetic leg. Uh, when you were a kid, you Dude. had a wooden leg. Uh, obviously, you know technology is advanced in that aspect as well. Uh, I know they used to do like uh, speeches at college campuses and places like that. Is that something you still yeah. do, or at least still did before uh, coronavirus? Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
I actually did during the coronavirus. <laughs> I, uh, I traveled out to California and gave a talk. It was uh, spread out and it was a smaller group, so it wasn't one of the larger audiences that I sometimes speak to, but um, yeah, I still do it. I travel around, um, yeah, corporations, universities, sometimes when someone needs a keynote speaker. I just tell funny stories of uh, overcoming uh, adversity as a kid with a wooden leg and going on to make movie super troopers. And, uh, we, we all have a wooden leg, whatever that may be, but uh, if we can kind of just see that as a positive thing and uh, just keep on getting up, keep on keep on keeping with our lives, you know, we can all have productive and fun lives. Absolutely. Uh, you still get a lot of great feedback from uh, from the people at those uh, talks? Yeah, yeah. I always get positive feedback with it, yeah. Awesome. It's pretty light. It's a pretty light story. Yeah. It's, uh, again, like I said, not to harp on it, but it's something we need in these times. <laughs> it's definitely a theme. <laughs> Um, if we ever get to a point where things are closer back to normal and, and than they are right now, uh, what are the plans as far as any plans for, for touring or, or stepping up, you know, uh, schedules going to different places, comic cons, things like that, movies, uh, what, what's, uh, some of the things in the works? Yeah. And individually or with broken lizard or uh, but either one either. yourself yeah. and then the group as a whole. Yeah, we we toured we toured as Broken Lizard uh, several years back, and it was a uh, it was a big haul. It was a lot of work, um, and we enjoyed it. But I don't know I don't know if it'd be hard to get the five of us back on the road together again. It's everyone's got families, and uh, it's very time consuming. Um, it's a little bit easier to get the five of us together to write a script. Um, traveling on the road was hard. It just it took you know you take off on Wednesday. And a lot of people would go even longer than this, but we ended up uh, flying out Wednesday. We do shows Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. We go to our region. Let's say you go to like Florida, right? Flying to like Tampa, do a show in Tampa, go to Orlando, Miami, and then you fly home Sunday night. And then you might have Sunday night, Monday night home with your family, and then you got to hit the road again. We did that for a long time, for like a year. So uh, it took a lot of, out of us. Uh, it was fun. We had a great time. Got to uh, see the country, meet a lot of people. But uh, I think it'd be a it's a big haul to get us to do that again. Uh, individually, I, I do regions, you know, like I did uh, Western Canada last couple years back, went from like Vancouver straight across um, all the way to Thunder Bay, and I've done, I toured like Ontario. So, you know, I'll pick a region to around, yeah. tell stories, tell some jokes. Um, so that, that will probably happen again. And then, uh, yeah, we're trying to complete two uh, scripts with Broken Lizard, and then individually we all write projects and do our own thing, too. Awesome. Definitely a lot of stuff to look forward to. Um, and hopefully things clear up a little bit to where when Broken Lizard movies do come back and when the sequels do come back that, you know, there'll be theater experiences, whatever that's going to look like. I have no idea. I don't, I don't try to predict anymore what's going to happen going forward. <laughs> but we'll yeah, get we tomorrow got really and got, see what happens. Yeah, we got in this uh, cycle where we started writing a project. Right, like right when coronavirus kicked in, we kind of were signing this contract to write two movies. So uh, we got lucky, you know. Yeah. We got lucky that we hadn't finished the scripts and we were about to go shoot, <laughs> and we we're still waiting, you know. Fortunately, we're yeah. hoping we'll get these scripts in good shape, and then the thing will be over. We'll get a vaccine, and then we just kick into production. I hope so, uh, Eric. Again, I want to thank you for coming on the show and taking the time. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Good talking to you. Thank you. Have a good night, Eric. Have a great night. All right. Have a better 2020 than it's been so far. Absolutely. Almost has to be. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. The Stoner Jesus Show.
on CannabisRadio.com. Hello, my children. Stoner Jesus here to tell you about another awesome sponsor of the Stoner Jesus Show, Flower Power Packages. Check out FlowerPowerPackages.com or simply check out their banner on StonerJesus.net. They offer wholesale marijuana packaging for dispensaries and growers in every state where cannabis is legally sold. Discover a variety of standard and child-resistant glass jars and bags for all your flower or edible needs. You can also browse their large selection of bongs, bubblers, pipes, rolling trays, and you can get 10% off of your first order by simply signing up for their newsletter. If you want to get personal, you can even customize your rolling tray with whatever design of your choosing. Awesome bongs, pipes, and trays, of course, make awesome gifts. So make sure you shop Flower Power Packages anytime online, whether it's morning, noon, or night. If you spend $250 or more, you receive free shipping. FlowerPowerPackages.com or simply check out that Flower Power Packages banner on stonerjesus.net. Hello, my children. Stoner Jesus here to tell you about another awesome sponsor of the show, and that would be Cushy Dreams. Check out CushyDreams.com or check out that Cushy Dreams pre-roll banner on stonerjesus.net. Cushy Dreams has the hand-selected individual pre-rolls and smokable flour you need, either in pre-roll form or in three and a half gram tins. Also, five packs of pre-rolls are coming soon. Make sure you check out Cushy Dreams. Dot com and all different kinds of CBD flower they have to offer, like create, hustle, peace, relax, dream, and energy. Get the effects, the effects that you love from CBD, from the smokable flower from CushyDreams.com. Follow Dreams Cushy on Twitter and click that Cushy Dreams pre-roll banner on StonerJesus.net. Check out their smokable CBD flower, CushyDreams.com. Another awesome sponsor of the Stoner Jesus Show. Hello, my children. Stoner Jesus here. Hey, are you looking for CBD products? Well, look no further than CBD Oil Solutions. Click their banner on stonerjesus.net. They are your one-stop online hemp CBD marketplace. Their CBD oil products include CBD vape oil, tinctures, capsules, isolate, topicals, and more. You can get free shipping on all domestic USA orders. They also have edibles. They have beauty products and more. They bring you the best brands and the best CBD oil products on the market today, all in one place. Check them out. Click the CBD Oil Solutions banner on stonerjesus.net. They are a proud new sponsor of the show. Like I said, take your time. Go through all the, the products on the website. There's just too many to name here CBD Oil Solutions. Click their banner on stonerjesus.net. Hello, my children. Stoner Jesus here to tell you about another sponsor of the Stoner Jesus Show. Build your own tubes. BYOTubes.com. You can follow them at TransformerTube on Twitter. Transformer Tubes are a family of modular components with many options available for you to customize your pipe. Welcome to the world of Build a Bong. That's right, you heard me correctly. Get different pieces to build your own customized, durable pipe. BYOTubes.com. Build your own. Check out all the different categories they have, different setups, accessories, gift cards, and more. BYOTubes.com, a proud sponsor of the Stoner Jesus Show, at TransformerTube on Twitter. Go check them out. Follow them. See what you can build. BYOTubes.com.
ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Learning the benefits of proper nutrition, supplementation, and personal development to live a healthy and abundant life. Awaken, adjust, and aspire. High on Healthy, Mondays on Demand, only on CannabisRadio.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Mondays on Demand, only on CannabisRadio.com. Bear Savong speaks to patients, advocates, and professionals to keep you informed on all the latest trends and advancements in the medical cannabis industry on Alternative Talk, presented by AlternativeVibes.com. Tuesdays on demand, only on CannabisRadio.com. The following CannabisRadio.com program contains explicit language and content that can be considered graphic and offensive. This program is not suitable for all audiences, and the opinions expressed do not reflect those of CannabisRadio.com, its staff, management, or sponsors. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the show, everyone. On the video chat, we have Buck Angel. Buck's a trans activist and entrepreneur, uh, speaker, uh, also in the cannabis industry. We'll talk about all of that coming up, of course. But first, uh, welcome to the show, Buck. Oh, thank you, friend. We've been trying to connect for a while now. Yeah, so it's, uh, really... <laughs> sometimes that's the way it goes with the uh, with the interviews, right is the, um, the back and forth and the scheduling. And then I have technical yeah. issues at inopportune times. <laughs> Seemingly always. <laughs> we all do. All Absolutely. of us, my friends. Like I said many times so. before, I mean, it's, I should be more in awe of what I'm able to do in 2020 with this technology and all that. But as soon as something goes wrong with technology, I mean, oh, this is, this is crap. I hate this technology. <laughs> Screw all this. I'm not going to do this anymore. Yep. I know. It's um, funny because we get spoiled. We just yeah. are spoiled now. We want everything like this. And remember yeah, the was... days where you had to drive to the market. You didn't get stuff Absolutely. Delivered. I remember trying to get, <laughs> five-minute mp3s onto the internet in 2001 and it was impossible Dude, <laughs> i still remember those days <laughs> it, was just, it was absolutely because it took hours and hours and hours and nothing could go wrong if there was any kind of glitch you had to start all over and your that's right and try horrible. uploading oh my god yeah. i used to try to upload all my films forget it man and then it used to be aol dial-up remember exactly. that exactly <laughs> <laughs> excellent and, and how far we've come in 20 years is absolutely incredible uh, before we get wow. to anything else, um, obviously, the last six or seven months have been dominated by the coronavirus. Uh, how the last six mm -hmm. or seven months uh, been for you? Wow. Well, you know, I think now I'm just sort of settled in. It took me that long. 
Um, I'm going to tell you that I'm not, it hasn't affected me in a way that I think it's affected a lot other people because I own my own businesses and I'm in the cannabis business and I'm also in the sexual wellness business. So my business hasn't really been hit that bad. That said, I think more mentally, it's been a little bit more draining on me just because I'm not seeing people and I'm, I'm, I'm a person who travels the world and speaks all over the world. And I, I sort of miss that interaction with people and doing that kind of work. Yeah. Uh, for people who don't know, and I know you've told the story a million times, you've been mm -hmm. around for a long time. I remember hearing you mm -hmm. on the Howard Stern show back in the days when yeah. I was an avid fan of Howard Stern. Um, how did you first, or when did you first start getting feelings that uh, the gender that you were, or that people told you you were, that you were mm -hmm. uncomfortable with that? About when did that start? Well, you know. I could say my whole life since I was a little yeah. kid. I can, you know, my parents were amazing. I was born in 1962. I'm 58 years old. And so back in those days, like pretty much the Wild <laughs> West, <laughs> we did not talk about it. I was just a little tomboy, you know, and I was going to grow out of it. And I played with all the boys. I didn't play with girl toys. I was literally a little boy. My parents, you know, called me Buck. And there was never any issues because I think that, again, they thought I would grow out of it. It wasn't really until uh, puberty, which I can say probably a lot of people like me, that, that seems, and even just in general people, puberty is not an easy space to be in for anybody. But for a person like myself, puberty sort of made me feel as if my body wasn't mine, if, for the, a better way to describe it. And I started growing breasts and I started, you know, menstruating. And these are things that I was like, what? What's happening to, my? it, it literally spiraled me out. So. So that's pretty much where, you know, things started for me. And I just always felt like a boy. But when I started to change into a girl, that really affected me mentally. Yeah, how did you come to the decision to uh, to go ahead and make the transition? Because back then, obviously, it's not as, mm -hmm. as common as it is today. No, not even. Oh, my God, dude. It's like what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> it's like AOL. <laughs> it's AOL <laughs> versus today. It's like, yeah. <laughs> dude, there's like, I'm, an, I'm literally an experiment. I mean, I transitioned to a man 25 years ago in Los Angeles, California, and both my doctors, my hormone doctor, and I, you know, and my, uh, the doctor who removed my breasts, both had never done those surgeries before. And my wow. hormone doctor, basically, he really actually used the words. He said, you know, I've never done this before i mostly work with men becoming women and you're going to be my guinea pig he actually called me a guinea pig you know now i can laugh at it and it, you know i made it but at the time it was yeah. distressing and you know I, I, I to be honest with you and to everyone listening it was a life or death situation for me i would not be here today if i did not look the way i look today no way so how did you make the decision to or did it come hand in hand you mm -hmm. made a decision to transition when did you make the decision to also become mm -hmm. an activist and to start to speak out yeah. about it so it was hard for me because there was no internet really when I when I transitioned, you know, and there just wasn't anything what you know pretty much everybody can do now is Google Trans or how to transition or doctors or all these things I did not have. And so that being said, I had to really find my space and find where I could find doctors and I made an effort and I found booklets at bookstores and my 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 decision to transition only came because my therapist the only therapist who ever said to me yeah i believe you're a guy because i would say it to so many therapists back in the day and they would just had no tools and they would just call me a gay woman and they just would say you know you're just a lesbian you're a very male identified female and not to say that i would could not have been but i wasn't 
And that, yeah. and that said, I knew that I was a guy, but nobody could hear it from me because we don't, we did not have what we have today. And you know, this is really, if any youngsters are listening out there, you must understand the privilege you have is so huge. And it's not because of me, it's because of people before me. And so really today you can transition in such a space that no one questions you or I got questioned up and down. And I've always known, like I said, I would not be here. I was suicidal, I was an alcoholic, I was homeless, prostitute, everything, man, just to stay alive. And so my, my mantra when I transitioned was, if it doesn't work out, I'll just kill myself because I didn't even know how I would look or how, it would, how I would be. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And so many things we, we can take for granted yeah, how fast that's things right. have come. When you were talking about the therapy earlier, I, I was thinking to myself, and obviously it's not really comparable, but even 10 years ago, mm -hmm. 10, 12 years ago, talking to therapists about cannabis was something that they were like, oh, you got to get off that immediately. That's causing so many yep. problems. You can't do that. Yep. And now a lot of them are like, oh, yeah, how much do you smoke? You know, you know <laughs> how does it help you? What, Thank what, God. What are the, yeah. what are the effects? Is it, is it is going well? That's so, right. um, you talk about uh, children, and I was going to ask you, I've been meaning to ask you uh, since we started the back and forth about doing this interview, I've had the question written down about parents transitioning children, and I noticed you had a poll uh, recently on your Twitter, 86% uh, of respondents said that they think that children are being indoctrinated into the trans identity. Uh, what are your thoughts about parents transitioning children, you know, puberty blockers, all that stuff? Wow, it's a heavy question. And let me tell you, first off, that was a question I posed to the world. And there's been so many trans people just coming at me. How dare you ask this? That's transphobic. I'm like, it's a question and I want to know. Why do I want to know? Because the more information we know, the better we can handle things and the better we can move things forward. If 86% of 3,000 people who voted said, that they believe children are being indoctrinated. That says something to me as an elder in the community and somebody who cares about transitioning. Transitioning saved my life. I'm not saying kids should not transition. I'm saying, why are kids transitioning and what's happening and why are there so many, mostly little girls transitioning to boys, not little boys transitioning to girls. So my mind is like, what's happening here? And I'm, a, I'm entitled to ask that question as a transsexual person. So I asked that question in, in regards to the fact that I'm concerned. I'm concerned that other people are concerned. Every day, my friend, a parent writes me an email or writes me a DM and says, oh my God, can you help me? My child just came home from school and said they're trans. They've never said it before. They want chest surgery. They're crying. They decide they don't want to talk to me anymore. They're alienating themselves. I'm like, what is happening? What kid just all of a sudden says they're trans and where are they getting that lingo from? I never said I was trans. I always said I was a guy. So you know, my mind looks at it in a different way because I'm an, I'm an older person and I just see a different space happening. And not to say that it's the wrong space, but I see people pushing back on it and I want to know why. So I ask those, I ask the hard questions that nobody else and nobody will ask because they're too scared to get nailed by the mob. Yeah, it's a weird thing on, on Twitter. Uh, I know like, obviously if someone like me talks about the issue, the case can be made quickly that I don't know what tell I'm talking about, but someone like That's you right. or Blair That's White right. or someone else right. will go on Twitter and basically just say, in your case, you know, I'm a biological woman. woman. And then there's a certain percentage of people on Twitter who will just go absolutely apeshit about that. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> and it just seems, and something like me, it seems, you know, like a simple, a pretty simple thing. Yeah. Um, but what, 
What are your thoughts on the way that Twitter especially is, is evolving on this issue? I'm disgusted. I'm first off, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm disgusted in part of my community, the transgender community. They are not doing it right. I've been doing my activism for over 25 years. Now, I'm not going to say I'm the best tranny in the world because I'm not. I do things my way. I'm very, you know, you see me, man. I just say shit. Don't even try it. I will say what I want to say, whether you like it or not. If you disagree with me, go ahead. I want you to disagree with me, but don't say things to me that are gross and disgusting. And that said, I see a part of the transgender community that's upsetting me and it's not building bridges. As you know, I'm a bridge builder. I've been doing this work and I've built so many bridges across to people who see me as a man even though i was born a woman and they never question it but now these people are making it so people are looking at us like we're freaks and i work so hard to make it not that way and today people are saying biology doesn't exist you're not really a man and a woman you know how disrespectful that is to you my friend and most of my friends are all biological men and women and i'm like i'm not going to be a part of that and also i'm not going to be a part of tearing apart women's spaces i was a woman for many years and so there's just a lot of levels of hate and intolerance and you know, I want to coexist in the world. I'm a transsexual man. I, that's that's not anything I can ever get rid of. It is who I am, what I am. I live as a man. Look at me. I don't think anybody will ever disagree with that. I look male. That's all I ever wanted. But I'm a biological female. There's, you know, this idea that we can change biology is not going to make us in a better space for the trans people. It's going to push people against us. It's going to make people not let people transition. It's going to hurt us more than it's, it's already hurting us on so many levels. And so, yeah, it just, it's, it's a, it's a space that you have to be, Twitter is a space you have to be prepared for an argument, whether you want it or not. It's just that space. Yeah, I mean, I hate to sound like an old, uh, the old guy on Twitter, but it used to be a fun place, and now it's just toxic, toxic. Social media used to be fun, it's, dude. It's all toxic. Yeah. Try, try speaking your mind. Wham! Someone's gonna come over and run you over, and I'm just like, no, you know what? I have to stand up. Whether or not yeah. I like it or not, you know why I have to do that? Because I do want to see young trans people see me standing up for my rights. I want to see people, I want people to see that, no, you cannot fall into this fascist behavior of shutting down conversation because you think it's transphobic and JK Rowling, you know, the way they've steamrolled over her without giving her an opportunity to have a conversation is disgusting. And I won't be a part of that. JK is not transphobic. What she is, is a woman who needs to voice her opinion about a space she lives in. Why can trans people say things, but other people can't? That's the thing for me. You have to make it a level playing field. You can't expect to be the only one who has opinions and a desire to express that without letting other people express their own opinions. Yeah. I think one of the important things to remember about Twitter is even though there's a small percentage who are constantly chirping, there's also yeah. a larger percentage who are more silent yeah. and watching and listening That's right. and internalizing things. And those are the people that you want to try to reach, not the people who are. That's already. exactly right. A lot of people have their you minds right. made up and they're going to, they're going to dig in and that's the end of it. Oh. There's a lot of people out there who just have questions about what's going on. That's right. And it's why I make myself available. Mm -hmm. If these trans people are not going to make themselves available and I'm going to be like, you have to call me a woman and trans women are women and trans men are men and fuck you and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm going to be the tranny who steps up and says, you want to ask a question? Give it to me, my friend. I'll answer it. I'm not in any way, shape or form offended by anything. People call me lady all the time. I'm like, 
you go right ahead and call me a lady. Everyone's <laughs> going to think you're a wingnut, dude. I don't really care. You know, I want to teach the kids to like learn how to walk through the world. People are not going to like you. It's just the way it is. And people are going to say things to you. And if you think that that isn't going to happen in real life, you're going to be not participating in life in a very good way. And so I want them to see that, you know, just because the trans community has this idea, I'm not a part of that. And I don't have to be, I'm an individual person and the community comes after my individuality. Yeah. So uh, cannabis, of course, a big part of the show, a big part of your life. How did you discover cannabis and, uh, and yes. the benefits that come with it? Yeah, thank you. So, um, you know, I'm sober from drugs and alcohol for 30 plus years. You know, I had such a hard problem with cocaine wow. and all the gnarly shit. I smoked crack. I was homeless. Oh, man, you wouldn't even believe that I'm sitting here. <laughs> I drank alcohol like it was water. I mean, I, I was suicide. I was so bad, my friend. And I had I was blessed to be able to get out of it. And I was saved on some level. And that's how I transitioned. And through my transition, I really became aware of myself. And so with I think it was about five or maybe more seven or so years ago I, ha I have really bad insomnia and it's just because as you see i'm just like i'm all over the place and so i couldn't sleep and i started taking sleeping pills and those are drugs and i would wake yeah. up like literally in the morning like uh i can't do anything i got a good night's sleep but uh, i'm, I'm yeah. totally out of my mind so my friend goes dude try weed and i'm like uh-uh i'm sober he's like seriously dude you're taking sleeping pills i'm like actually you're right okay so i smoked a joint i fell <laughs> sleeping till the next morning and i was like oh my god i found my medicine and then mm -hmm. i never i didn't smoke i don't smoke in the day i'm very much use it as a medication i mean if i'm at a party and i'm hanging out with people i might you know do that but most of the time it's mostly something to take me out of my crazy head at night and you know get me out of my insomnia and my anxiety and all of that so that was seven or so years ago and i just haven't looked back it's been the most amazing space to be in for so many levels of my health and so that's when i actually started this business called pry wellness uh five years ago a cannabis company yeah i was talking earlier about cannabis entrepreneurship uh what yeah. are some of the things that you're doing in the cannabis space with the delivery and, and that much yeah yeah, so I started a company called Pry Wellness with my friend who's also a trans man. And so it's the first all trans owned LGBT focused cannabis company. And so it's called Pry Wellness. And we did it in order to sort of educate the community on the use of cannabis and why it is a medicine and not a drug. LGBT community does have a lot of problems with drugs and alcohol. There's just a lot of stuff going on there. And people, you know, people use drugs and alcohol to sort of escape. And I want to teach people that you don't have to escape, but you can use plant medicine as a way to sort of start to learn about yourself and it's not for everybody that's the other thing i really talk about it yeah. marijuana cannabis whatever you want to talk about let's call it is not for everyone and that is really a big part of our education and Absolutely. you know um yeah and also giving back to the community so by creating this uh business we have been able to create jobs for our community we have opened a delivery service creating jobs there and also we give back a dollar from each of our products to the lgbt center senior services in los angeles and we've given over about twenty thousand dollars in the last two, couple years to that organization really helping seniors who are homeless i can't believe we have lgbt homeless seniors that's just wow. devastating yeah. It's yeah. definitely just, uh, you know, I say it all the time, obviously, and it's, it's a crazy time. It's, I know yeah. it seems like that to every generation, but I, I can't help yeah. but think that this is especially crazy 
time. It is especially crazy. I mean, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but I've been around a long time. I've been an activist in the LGBT community. I was around during AIDS. I lost all my friends to AIDS. I was an AIDS activist. Like I can just tell you today, I don't know what's happening. The LGBT community is so broken up. So many people dislike trans people because they're just, I don't know what's happening there. And like, nobody likes anybody else. And politically, everyone is just so out there. And then there's yeah. just, you know, far, you know, far left. And there's a far right, and those yeah. people are completely insane. <laughs> <laughs> Let them fight each other. I'm moving over. I'm going to the middle, my friend. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're quite insane and very vocal, and even yes. sometimes even more than that. And it's it's violent. They're violent. Both Absolutely. sides are violent, and it's not okay. I'm not okay with that. It's not how you make shit happen. It's just not. Absolutely. No. So, uh, entrepreneurship outside the cannabis space. What are some other things that you're involved in that people can check out? Yeah, right on. So also outside of the space, I started my work in pornography uh, 20 years ago, and I created the genre of trans male pornography. And through that, I, you know, so that's sort of how I kind of moved up into the world of entrepreneurship. And I created the world's first uh, trans male sexual wellness products, which are like masturbators and things like that, that help guys deal with their dysphoria. You know, I don't have a penis. And so because of that, you know, it's a, you can become a little dysphoric when you go somewhere and you just don't have a penis and you look like a dude. It's people look at your package and so i created products that make it look like you have a package and also people can masturbate with them and really learn how to enjoy their bodies that you know we've always been disassociated with our bodies because you know my body was female for so long and now i had to learn how to accept it in a way that you know i can't i didn't get that surgery because it wasn't available to me and so a lot of guys aren't getting that surgery still today so i you know I, i'm so blessed on so many levels that i can be an entrepreneur and really create businesses and then, again i want the youth to see that you have every opportunity out there even the opportunities of cisgender people you just have to learn how to walk the world and also be respectful of the world you can't just walk over top of people and think people i get everything i need because I listen and I participate and I want to help the world become a better place. And that's why being in sexual wellness and also being in cannabis are two things that are very dear to me. And, and I believe that they make people happy. I'm in the happy business. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Buck, buckangel.com. I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, awesome. Before we let you go, is there anything else, any parting words for uh, the people out there listening and watching? Well, you know, yeah, I want you to say this. Please look me up and please make your own decisions on me. And people will say things about me. And that's a good thing because I, I want to keep my, 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 my name on people's lips. But that said, I think people need to stop just hearing stuff and believing it. You got to do some research. Today, there's just so many lies and people just so many canceling out people because they don't like what they're saying. And, you know, do your research and see what people are doing out there. And you'll see there's a lot of really great people doing change not just those crazy wingnut people making horrible things happen but you know there are a lot of really great people out there and so you know like you giving me the space to sort of educate people on things they might not know so i appreciate you a lot thank you oh thank you i absolutely uh, appreciate you coming on uh, i love right on. not only education but talking to interesting people and it's just a uh, it's just a great thing buck if you Excellent. ever have anything else you want to talk about you let us know and you can come back on any time, and I appreciate you taking the time tonight. Excellent, my friend. Yeah, for sure. We will talk again. So thank awesome. you. Awesome. Thanks, Buck. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye. The Stoner Jesus Show on CannabisRadio.com.
Hello, my children. Stoner Jesus here to tell you about a new sponsor for the Stoner Jesus Show, Kratom Wave. Check out KratomWave.com or check out the Kratom Wave banner on StonerJesus.net. They sell only premium Kratom. It is routinely lab tested and produced with 100% natural organic ingredients. They have a hand-picked network of farmers throughout Southeast Asia who harvest these Kratom crops at higher altitudes than usual. That way you get a smoother flavor and a higher alkaloid levels. Believe me, this stuff is really potent. Also, if you want more, Kratom Wave's quality of customer service is unmatched online as touted by hundreds of verified reviews on their Trust Pilot page. You can also check out awesome perks, which include free three-day shipping, huge weekly discounts, 24-7 chat support, and a wildly popular rewards program. You'll earn 50 points just for signing up. Also, talk about COVID-19 since day one. Kratom Wave has been taking your health seriously. All employees are wearing masks, gloves, and head coverings that are recycled daily. Hourly hand washings and temperature checks are also enforced. You'll also be pleased to find out that every product is shielded up with airtight packaging and multiple tamper-evident seals. And now for Stoner Jesus listeners, you can get 25% off on a massive variety of Kratom capsules, liquid extracts, and full-spectrum powders. Just go to KratomWave.com or click that Kratom Wave banner on StonerJesus.net. Make sure you enter code JESUS at checkout to get your 25% off discount. That's code word Jesus, KratomWave.com for 25% off. There's only one place for quality Kratom. That's KratomWave.com. Check them out today or click that Kratom Wave banner on StonerJesus.net. Hello, my children. Stoner Jesus here to tell you about another awesome sponsor of the show, Da Vinci Vaporizers. Make sure you check out the Da Vinci banner, StonerJesus.net, or go to DaVinciVaporizer.com. Either way, make sure you use the code JESUS10 to get 10% off. It's the word Jesus and the number 10 all together. Da Vinci, you know Da Vinci. They make devices that are portable, sleek, discreet, and clean. You know, when it comes to vaping, you want to keep it safe and pure. So Da Vinci makes devices that seals your vapor inside an all-zirconia glass-lined vapor pathway, which means it never touches any metals or plastics. So you know the only thing you're inhaling is your herb or oil. The only thing your weed is going to touch is the ceramic oven, a glass vapor path, and your body. That's it. I've been using the IQ2, and i got to tell you, I'm a huge fan. The precise temperature control and the adjustable airflow ring, you're able to completely customize it to vape exactly the way I like it anytime you can, too. It's portable, discreet, and as I said, it's 10% off for all my listeners. Use Jesus10 for the code at checkout. The word Jesus, the number 10, all together. Click the DaVinci banner at stonerjesus.net or simply go to davincivaporizer.com and use the code JESUS10 to get your 10% off. The Stoner Jesus Show is brought to you in part by Hemptations.com and PlanetEverywhere.com. they got a lot of awesome stuff for you to check out. But don't just take my word for it. Let Beach, the owner of Hemptations, tell you all about it. It's a very large selection of hemp goods. Everything from reusable coffee filters to frisbees, bandanas, everything planted everywhere on the site is made in Cincinnati, Ohio, made locally. We also have other retail products from our cosmetics, uh, earthly body product, bags on the retail site. You know, again, uh, anybody local in Cincinnati can go to hemptations.com and get the info on the stores. Planted everywhere is our .com is our retail site. You can and hit me up on Hemptation Beach or like my Facebook page, Hemptations or Hemptations 2. I'm on Twitter, Google, <laughs> I'm on the internet everywhere, just like everyone. Um, you know, we love to hear from people all over the world, positive things about industrial hemp. That's what I do. That's what we do. Our 
largest selection of industrial hemp on the planet in the stores. And I'd like to grow that inventory to be able to say that I haven't actually checked out all the other hemp retail spots to <laughs> see if we have the largest amount on our planet everywhere. But uh, it's a it's a fair it's a fair selection. And as Beach always says, having temptations. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer Dr. Dina shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. The following CannabisRadio.com program contains explicit language and content that can be considered graphic and offensive. This program is not suitable for all audiences, and the opinions expressed do not reflect those of CannabisRadio.com, its staff, management, or sponsors. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the show, everyone on the video chat. 
We have Chrissy Mayer, host of the Chrissy Mayer Podcast, which you can find on YouTube and various other podcasting platforms, including iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts. She also hosts Wet Spot on Compound Media, compoundmedia.com. And back in the day, she was a very popular stand-up comedian when we were allowed to do things <laughs> like that. Back in the good old days, many, many years ago. Chrissy, welcome to the show. Thanks for being on. Thank you for having me. This is so thrilling. Welcome. Uh, if you want to start, uh, you have some uh, one of our sponsors there, some Cushy Dreams. Go check yeah. them out. Banner on sternjesus.net. Uh, I have um, the the real the the THC type of stuff. Not that I will I will plead the fifth in court if anybody asks, but um, I guess we have video proof now, so I won't matter. So there's no marijuana in this. Wow, that's quite <laughs> too much for being on the air and <clears throat> having to talk for a while. That's okay. Yeah, it's uh, CBD. It doesn't have any THC in it, no. but it's very. Um, I found it to be pretty relaxing and. Uh, which is basically what CBD is supposed to do, besides some anti-inflammatory properties. It's definitely uh, it works for some people. It you know works less for other people. There's you know dosing issues, and you never know how much to take. But you know it's not going to kill you. So smoke away yeah. or take the gummies or whatever. I just need a couple sips, and I'm and I'm good. And I feel like ah oh, relaxed. I have such a I'm I'm a super like anxious person, and like years ago I was prescribed. Adderall, because they just like give you a test, and I, I think they were like, "Oh, if you get uh, like a 28, you pass." And I got like a 45. So I don't know if I have like triple, triple ADD. <laughs> and I was taking it for a few years, and I just like it would help with focus, but it like it never addressed like the anxiety part, which I think yeah, yeah CBD is definitely good for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, we're all under coronavirus, COVID. The pandemic, etc. Uh, how have things been for you the last six or seven months? It's been it's been like really weird. Like I spent March and April like kind of. I was just like, you know what? I guess I'm gonna slowly become part of the couch. But then I realized, like, okay, this is not picking up anytime soon. So <laughs> I had started the Chrissy Mayer podcast, podcast uh, in January. But then I I think I decided in March, like I was just gonna, oh no, it was May, that I was really just gonna like put my foot on the gas and like really work hard. So I started putting out, um, first it was like a couple episodes a week and now I put out four episodes a week, plus like another another show called Never Have I Ever where we play Never Have I Ever, it's like a college drinking game. Then that comes out on Saturday and then I have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, my podcast and then my show Wet Spot is on Monday night. So I've managed to just like fill up my whole schedule, which is cool. And took the place of what would have been stage shows and stand up. Yeah, I guess that's the new world we live in. I was gonna say you definitely have a pretty full schedule. That's that's awesome. Uh, there's so much yeah. going on. Uh, you've gotten into some controversies over the, the last several months, at least Ooh, with uh, yeah. various celebrities on Twitter. I, I know the, it. The, yeah. uh, the Kung Flu thing, uh, the Imagine, uh, parody was uh, got you into some uh, some trouble on Twitter. Ooh, got me into a lot of hot water with the Asian community, especially like the woke <laughs> um, the woke Asians. I'm not a big fan of kung, the kung fu fighting spoof, which was like, yeah, you know, if you guys saw um, Gal Gadot did a her and her celebrity buddies, they all got together and sang one line each of the song. Imagine it was all in black and white. It was very serious, very yes. actory, and um, <laughs> I think it was. No, maybe it was in color. Maybe the other one. Uh, 
the other one was black and white that I made fun of. But I think this one might have been all in color. Whatever. The point is, is like they were just like they were acting. It wasn't genuine. It wasn't coming across that they're just singing a song. So I was like, all right, I'll get me and my friends, my comedy friends. We'll each sing a line of Kung Fu fighting. And I was like, you could say Kung Fu or Kung Fu, whatever. Like it was trending at the time. And then I just got like a good six weeks of shit from the Asian community. A lot of people thought that I had written the lyrics to Kung Fu fighting. I was like, this sounds insane. People are dumb. And people also thought I invented the term Kung Flu, which was also not true. Um, that had been, you know, trending for a while. I had no idea so, Asians were so uptight. I guess I just felt left out yeah, of the, the outrage Olympics. Yeah. Who knew there were so many uptight Asians, you know? You just figure they're all just busy studying, playing the violin, taking care of the dry cleaning business. You know, you figure they just don't have time to get mixed up in internet drama, but they did. Right. But they, they did. Practicing math. They should be, yeah, practicing manicures and such. And um, it took a month, but then Instagram finally, people, oh, people were coming after me in my DMs, in publicly adding me, you know, messaging at me. Uh, like a slew, people were tagging Christy, Christy Teigen, Oprah, Ellen, do something about it. This is a big speech. <laughs> and then slowly but surely, finally, after a whole month, Instagram took it down for hate speech, which is like really disappointing because it's not hate speech. It's a song. It's literally a song with one word changed. And uh, yet they'll they'll let so much other horrible shit fly. It's like it's it blows me away. Like. Anyway, but the, at the point, you know, at that point, it had been a month that it had done what it was going to do. So people that were going to see it saw it and uh, did really did really well. But that I was not expecting that much blowback. And speaking of uh, blowback, we were talking about this before we started recording. Uh, you did a, a, what I would say is a pretty damn good uh, Greta. Is it Thunberg? Thunberg? I don't even know. I can't pronounce her last name. I'm not sure. I guess it's Thunberg, Thunberg. Yeah, the and Greta, um, Greta climate change chick. Greta climate change. She was like, you know, I think this was back in September, and like when she kind of came into the news for like, you know, the climate, um, whatever she was. She was not going to school because of the environment or something. She's on a boat you know? <laughs> in the Atlantic she's somewhere. Boat. Yeah, she's just on a boat, not going to school. I'm like, Jesus Christ, talk about like privilege. It's like, all right, well, we all love to be on a boat, and um. And at the time, I was like waiting and waiting and waiting for SNL to do something. And I was like, eh, no. I was like, I should just do it. I was like, I'm, I'm always really inspired by unstable women. Like most of the characters that I do on Compound Media or on other shows um, are like some kind of a crazy woman. So I was like, I can do Greta. And uh, <laughs> it was really fun. And I did it. Uh, there's a show on Compound Media called In Hot Water where I, I would, this was uh, like a year ago or whatever, I would go on and do characters and. You know, it's a lot of humor that's like not politically correct and it's zany and it's like, it's so hilarious. So I went on there and I was basically doing the Greta character and she was like coming out against this show in hot water. And there's like a lot of inside jokes about the show. It's up on YouTube. You can watch it now. But I think I got like her, her like vocals down. I think I got her, you know, sort of like grumpy, you know, vibe down pretty good and I was like, oh, cool. I have... so I did it in like the kind of style of her at the UN with like the blue background and like this is all wrong and uh, <laughs> it, yeah that ended up being great and then like SNL finally did do their version of the Greta uh, impression I think Kate McKinnon did it uh, it was really weak it was like it was like not even 
making fun of her. I was like, you guys yeah. are really gotta, If you're us now, you really got to pull your punches with kids like that. But I'm sure she'll be yeah. grow up to be a well-adjusted young woman. Oh, yeah. Everything yeah, she's fine. well on her way to uh, being a normal, a normal lady. She'll, she'll make some man or woman or combination of whatever very happy in the future. Oh, uh, Speaking of the very, um, just the height of outrage on Twitter, uh, someone who's very popular on Twitter seems to be considered the, just the the epitome of wit on Twitter would be of course be uh, Christy Teigen <laughs> who inexplicably yeah, many many people love um, explain to us a little bit the background of what got you involved with her and got you noticed by her um, it was crazy like even a couple years ago I like got one of her she was like doing like a food box I forget what company she worked with but like where they deliver grocery ingredients to your house. Um, I don't know. People love her because she has cookbooks. She <laughs> married John Legend and had some of his kids. And like, she was a, just a, you know, a sports illustrated model. And like, she, she just managed to like blow up. She's America's sweetheart. Everyone loves her, right? Whatever. So I think in March, I went on Sam Tripoli's podcast in LA called Tim Foyle Hat. And he talks about a lot of conspiracy theories. And I was, I guess, like red pilled, so to speak, which is what you call it when you start putting a lot of things together. Like, oh, the media is lying to us. Uh, everything is like owned by a few companies. They're all pretty le like liberal and left leaning. Um, there's a huge, you know, child sex trafficking ring going on. A lot of them in Hollywood are involved and the elites and stuff. And you start putting all that together. And I was just like, whoa, when that happens, you know, whatever time it does, you can't sleep for a couple of days, but then you sort of like move on like, all right, well, at least I know the truth. Um, so that was kind of happening to me around March. And then I guess this was, maybe it was July. It might've been July. Um, I was looking through this website called Social Blade and you can see like stats. And I would go on to see sometimes if someone, to see if someone's bought followers, to see, you know, patterns in their following or if people, if they lose followers or whatever, like just how much they're tweeting. And for some reason, like my boyfriend and I, we looked up Chrissy Teigen and I saw in the media category, it was a negative red 30,000. And I was like, she, that means she deleted 30,000 tweets. I'm like, nobody deletes 30,000 tweets. Like, even when I went through mine to make sure I didn't have anything like crazy racist on there, I think I deleted like 10 or 15 tweets or something. But I was like, this is 30,000. This is like really noticeable. And so I tweeted at Chrissy Teigen. I was like, um, some celebrities have been really busy since Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested. Chrissy Teigen, why did you delete 30,000 tweets? And I, and I wrote that because I had seen her name on a flight log. And I was still like, hmm, is she involved? Is she not? I mean, there were a lot of celebrity names on the flight logs. And, uh, but still was kind of just playfully like, huh. I mean, like somebody with nothing to hide doesn't delete 30,000 tweets. And, um, I had seen a couple people had like receipts, you know, saved tweets of hers over the years from like 2009 to 2013. She was tweeting a lot of these creepy, you know, just thoughts of hers like, oh, I want to Anthony Weiner, this kid. And she she said that it was because she was a big fan of toddlers and TRs. And some of the tweets about that show would be like, oh, now they're bringing out a little boy. Finally, some eye candy for me. Like, like <laughs> it, sounds really, it sounds really bad. It sounds like I'm making this up, but for real, like you can go back there and probably find, you know, still it's out there on the internet. You know, these tweets of hers that were like real creepy. And, uh, and so then I, anyway, so I sent that out and, uh, you know, went and recorded a podcast 
And then as I'm finishing up the podcast, I see my boyfriend's like looking weird. I'm like, ah, ah. and then I finished and I was like, and I had a feeling like, why is he acting weird? I had a feeling like maybe she had responded, but I didn't know for sure. And so when I was done, he was like, oh my God, Chrissy Teigen wrote back to you. And I was like, what? I was like, wow, I'm not verified. She's verified. Like apparently when you're verified, your messages, you only get messages from the other verified people and the rest of us trash peasants go into a different pile, a black hole of sorts. So I was like, I think she responded to like my lowly little account, you know, but I guess, uh, you know, word was out. So anyway, she was, she did the uh, respond, like retweet with quote, right? And it's like, and she wrote back, actually, I deleted 60,000 tweets um, because of people like you, you think that you're a detective just because you have some old tweets and I'm worried about my family or something like that. And that blew me away because I was like, oh, well, she's actually correcting me to say that it's worth, that it's twice what I thought. And it ended up being like a, a third of her total tweets. How does somebody even delete that many? I don't know. You have to have a team. We have to have some kind of bot, you know. What could she possibly and, have uh, said in 60,000 tweets that was exactly. so sensitive? And, like, and that's kind of what I thought. I was like, that's a lot. And then it was weird. It was almost like I kind of struck a match. And then there was, unbeknownst to me, there was all this kindling and newspaper and whatever. And then everyone behind me was like ready with all of their proof and evidence and like posting, posting, posting. And like the, inter and the internet kind of went nuts and like the conspiracy people, right? Like I mentioned before, like Sam Tripoli, people who I guess follow Q, just people who are like, you know, they're not, they're not bad people. People, some people like think, oh, conspiracy theories are full of shit. It's like, no, these are just people who like want to find out the truth, you know, and they like to, you know, find out for themselves. So anybody, everybody came out with their screenshots and their proof and other examples of her creepy tweets from over the years. And you got to remember, like, this was at the kind of beginning of Twitter. Twitter started like 2007. So this was like 09 to 2013. She also was not as famous yet. And, you know, she, I'm sure, thought, oh, I'm just joking about hot kids. You know, I'm just just saying things about, like, oh, like, like liking how their bodies look. Like, oh, I feel like I want to send myself to jail. And she's making, like, kind of jokes about pizza. And now we know what we know now about Pizzagate, which was, which kind of came out with the WikiLeaks, um, like the, the Podesta emails, Hillary's, whatever, deleted emails, whereas this, there's this like well-known, I guess, pedophile code, and then these words pertain to different things, right? So there's like cheese, pizza, walnuts, whatever, hot dogs, all correlate to like little boy, little girl, very young boy, very young girl, um, person of color, you know, jizz, like they all have different code words, right? And it's like, whether you believe that or not, you look at the WikiLeaks emails and you're like, oh, there's no way they're talking about pizza. Like, it's so sketchy. It's like, you know, it would say like, oh, Obama is going to order $65,000 worth of hot dogs to the White House. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, that's just not going to be hot dogs. So, um, so they're knowing that, knowing that's a thing, right? You go back and some of these receipts that people had was Chrissy talking about pizza. Oh, I woke up with pizza on my chest. Oh, bread pitches handing me pizza. Oh, and, the, and as a person who really loves pizza, I don't think I've tweeted about pizza once in my life. <laughs> So it just doesn't look good. Like the optics were real bad. She's got these like legit creepy tweets about kids. And it's like, yeah, it's like you can love a show, but this was this was too much. This was like kind of going overboard. And then you have these pizza tweets of hers. Um, and then you have her like the mass deletion of tweets. It all you put it all together and you're like, this doesn't sound like the actions of somebody who has nothing to hide. It to me seems like 
she and her team were probably like, oh, fuck, you know what? Like, people are coming out with all these screenshots. Like, we might as well just, like, get busy and delete them. Let's let's delete everything with toddler, pizza, I don't know, little girl, I don't know, whatever words, you know, because that's a huge overcorrection. That's a ton of shit to delete. And, um, and, and then after that happened, she blocked a one million people, of which uh, <laughs> I ended up being a part of in her attempt to, like, you know, uh, called the haters or whatever. And, um, and so she sent out, you know, her, right, her team sent out all these press releases, all these, you know, inquirers and news outlets and such were picking it up. Like Chrissy Deligan, Chrissy Teigen uh, blocks a million people because she's afraid for her family, right? Like they spin it the way that looks good for her, which is like, yeah. oh, she's the victim. And it's everyone's crazy and after her, not like, oh, she said some questionable shit a few years back. Um, so that was kind of news and then sure enough like the next day oh she also tweeted at twitter she's like i'm gonna do i'm gonna have to get off twitter if twitter doesn't do something about this actually scary behavior or actually scary tweets because people were blowing up her shit they were commenting on everything as you would expect when you're like hey you have something to do so twitter like the next day or in the next couple of days comes out with a statement like that they're basically going to crack down on QAnon people and they deleted thousands of well-known followers of Q. Like one of my friends included, Tommy G, he had like 250,000 or so followers on Twitter and just like, boop, gone, you know? And um, it's pretty wild to see how fast uh, Twitter will bend over backwards for celebrities, how fast that they'll delete you know, people who are, you know, not dangerous at all. The QAnon people, they just like, they literally just want the truth and they don't want to be lied to. And, you know, they're just skeptical and they do their own research, right? They'll crack down on those people, but yet they will let literal child porn be on Twitter. And that they just, you know, I remember there was a day where I was like trying to, you know, report this one account. And like since, since the Chrissy Teigen thing, people have been sending me like, accounts like oh report this account get this off here this person has literal child porn and it's truly horrible because like i had never seen anything like this like in all my freaking 30 some odd years of life had never and then it's like you know you used to think to see this shit you had to go to like deep dark icky side of the web how do you even get there i don't even know but no it's not it's literally on twitter it's in your pocket you can see the worst shit you've ever seen in your life just on twitter you know what i mean and so people were sending me like accounts and and I was like linking the account. I wasn't like retweeting this guy's child porn or favoriting it or anything like that. I was just like, hey, this is the account. Let's all go report it. And um, and it took Twitter four hours to even write a response. Like, you know how you report somebody and then Twitter eventually goes, we have received your report. It took Twitter four hours to acknowledge the report. And I tweeted at Twitter, I was like, wow, took you four hours to acknowledge this like thank god you guys aren't emts uh and in the process like i got i actually got suspended because i was like why why can't twitter and and i was like i guess i get it because maybe people reported me instead of the account like maybe they got confused i don't know i'm trying to give people the benefit of the doubt but it really concerns me that like twitter it's doesn't have people smart enough or whether this is on purpose or, I mean, it looks on purpose, right? You should be able to discern between the creators and distributors of this garbage and then the people who are trying to shut it down. 
and like spread awareness that it exists, right? So like I get suspended in the process, I eventually get my account back. But in order to do so, I had to delete uh, quite a few tweets. I understand the ones that link the account, like it's garbage and anyway, it had been taken down in the meantime anyway. So I was like, okay, happy to delete those. And one of the tweets that I had to delete to get my account back was one, the one I mentioned in which I was critical of Twitter and their response time, the one where I said like, wow, it took you guys four hours, like, <laughs> which is crazy. Cause it's like, wow, that's not, that's just me making fun of you guys. And I have to delete that. Interesting, interesting stuff. So, you know, people say, oh, they're in Twitter, they're in on it. Facebook's in on it because we know Facebook, you know, they had these content moderators that were straight up deleting anything that was pro-Trump, anything that was like from a conservative and like they were caught red-handed, like Project Veritas did a whole expose on it. So you think, oh, like, you know, our, our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all in on it. So that, you know, all that stuff together has sort of like given me a little bit of a boost in followers, which is amazing. It's always great to like, you know, get new people and exposing my podcast and my comedy and the compound media stuff and hopefully those people will stick around and want to go to a live comedy show someday but in the meantime like just weirdly could never have expected any of this stuff to happen you know like if you had told me in march like Kristen Teigen is cool. and you know what was cool is like i ended up getting mentioned in a lot of these um you know like news articles and at first they mentioned to me just like internet troll Christy Mayer or like <laughs> Twitter user Christy Mayer. So like we actually had to reach out to a lot of these places and go, hey, like I'm actually a comedian. I do a podcast. And then some of them, they did change it and update it. But in a couple of others, I think it's just like lazy reporting, right? They just left it as like, it's like Twitter user, you know, like random, random girl. Um, so it was good to see that some of them did update it and then that did help me with like a little bit of a boost in following, yeah. which is great. And and it was weird because I just had no idea what I was starting with all that. Like I just was like, huh, this is a lot of shit to delete. That's all I wanted to point out. And then whoo, turn around and everybody, look at this, look at this. And I was like, oh God, this is all right. I guess she does have something to hide. It's uh it's definitely a weird thing to be uh well, first of all, the first weird thing about Twitter is, and I, th I think I see it more on Twitter than any place else, is you'll see it every now and then this this attempt to normalize pedophilia and kind of say, well, you know, pedophiles is to sexuality and they have a problem and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I understand all that, but to, you know, equate that to anything else is ridiculous, of course, because it's, it's against minors. And as far as, you know, so-called conspiracy theorists go, it's easy to dismiss people like this. We were talking before we started recording about me being a... Uh, a very young, obnoxious Rush Limbaugh listener. There was also a time when I was an mm -hmm. Alex Jones listener, maybe eight wow. or nine years ago. And obviously there was a lot of entertainment value and a lot of, you know, hyperbole. And he's a really, you know, out there kind of guy in personality. But at the time he was also talking about, hey, you know, they're reading our emails and they're listening to our phone calls. And this was before, you know, Edward Snowden and all that. And people said, you know, they were saying the same thing. Well, that's crazy. The government's not going to do that. They're not going to listen to all our phone mm -hmm. calls and check our emails and all that stuff. And now it's just something that we accept as fact. I accept if I send a message yeah. or an you email somewhere, somebody's like, reading it. And now it's just, yeah, it's we make jokes thing. about it. I'm like, Oh, yeah. if the government's reading my emails, why don't you guys show up to a comedy show? You know, why don't you? <laughs> I think the notion that the government's not doing a, just a ton of nefarious degenerate shit is 
ridiculous. I mean, people who seek that kind of power, first of all, there's already something wrong with them. They seek to rule over other people. And if they don't have yeah, something don't enough have wrong with them, once they get in that position of power, then that's it. Once you get a taste of that ability to do anything you want, that's right. uh, and that dominates your life. You look at pedophiles and a lot of it, yeah, I love, like a lot of it's about power, right? So it's like if you're a person who seeks power, politician, it's like the Venn diagram, there's clearly a crossover, right? And um, and it's also like, well, you could look at like Louis Epstein, like they were, he, him and Jelaine were up to those shenanigans like in the 90s. In the 90s, it took decades for them to, to, to like get arrested, you know? Um, so that's the thing. It's like you, you're rich, you're powerful, and you keep getting away with it. You're going to keep doing it. So, yeah. Indeed. It's just like, and then there's also like the, the other group of like, you know, pedophiles that are like abused. You know, usually it, it, that kind of abuse like happened to them, and then they, you know, kind of relive it and um it's like sad stuff because I, I think a lot of them are like you know whenever you have a big trauma in your life it's it stunts you emotionally like uh, unless you like go to a therapy and like really figure your shit out like you're stunted emotionally at the age in which like that trauma happens like yeah. that's anytime you meet somebody who's like older but still acts like a teenager do you know what i mean it's usually, it's probably because like uh, like some something really traumatic, traumatic happened to them in high school or whatever. They never, you know, grew from something. Um, so that's really sad. I think like that's kind of going on with pedophiles too. And like there's, you know, you can say, oh, we should feel bad for them. They don't choose that. Like it's one thing to have a desire, sure, but it's another thing to act on it. And it's like, Absolutely. it's like, man, if you're having those desires, you got to talk to somebody, you got to figure some shit out because it's like, it's really not fair to like abuse and hurt someone for life just so you can, you know, I mean, like there's, there's other, there's, it's just not worth it. It's like, it's, you're, it's really damaging. So yeah. it's never cool to take your problems out on other people, whether it be they don't know what's going on and it's wild. And then there's a lot of theories going around, you know, Ellen is involved. That's why the Ellen show isn't coming back. The whole, um, idea that like her producers were like you know sexually harassing each other like that apparently that's like this co the cover story that they're going with instead of outing Ellen as part of like the international sex trafficking ring um, there's word on the street that Oprah is part of that too and like her her you know I think she has a school for girls in Haiti that's that's like um, been known to have a lot of you know like sex trafficking and like icky stuff and violations and whatnot. And I think the more you look into it, the more you find like the, the corporations and groups that are trying that, you know, their goal is to help kids like UNICEF or whatever, or any kind of like foster care. It's, you know, those groups might start out with good intentions, but over time it's, it seems that people that are pedophiles or want to like, you know, have easy access to kids sort of, worm their way into these organizations and you know over a couple of decades well now they're run by scumbags and uh you know th those kids are that are most vulnerable are also the targets for this so it's real sad absolutely uh, we alluded to this a little bit in the beginning and to uh, kind of get away from the uh i'll say bummer topics because it is important stuff to talk about it's a bummer i know that's why i laugh i was like I'm gonna bring energy down. yeah <laughs> Um, we were talking about cannabis earlier, of course, uh, Cushy Dreams and the CBD. 
Um, what's been your experience with cannabis throughout your life? Like when was the first time you smoked and, and how to go and all that? Having other people's. Um, yeah, I think I, well, when I was a freshman in college, I think it was the first time I smoked like in a real way and it was a bong and I just was like, I just like, whatever, you know, lit up a bong like you do. And then I like kept leaning back and kept leaning back. And then I was like, slurp and then i just drank a big old like throat full of bong water everyone's oh, like wow. oh, ew, ew. and i was like what what's the big deal guys i left you some don't worry i didn't take it all so i thought that like that was part of the process i'm like oh yeah you take a little sip you do a little smoke it's the whole th and then i threw up like i'd never thrown up before you know just yeah. a few hours after that um but here and there like yeah i think i've been finding over the years like I'm not at the point where I'm like buying my own yet. I think I will. I think I'm heading towards that because like it, it, it is good to deal with the anxiety and um, just sort of like level you out, calm you down. And if it fights inflammation, dang, dang, that's even, that's even better. But usually it's just like, Oh, there's a comedy show and there's a joint passed around. So I'll just have like, whatever. Yeah. But there might be less of that now if, if this COVID bullshit keeps up. So I'm going to have to just, you know, roll up my right. sleeve and start buying my own. A lot of solo smoking going on nowadays. Yeah, yeah, a lot of one hitters for one person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the CBD is great. Uh, some for some people, THC is just too much. Obviously, a lot of people have drug tests and stuff like that. But for some people, it's just mm -hmm. too much, and it doesn't really help them. And the CBD does. You really just got to uh, keep experimenting, and you know, it's not going to kill yeah. you. So however That's much cool. you want to smoke or edible or whatever yeah. else, vaporize. Uh, so people who uh, haven't like, seen... Like, well, how do you figure out, like, the dosage? How do you figure Because, like, you know, when I got a couple of these cushy things, mm -hmm. um, they sent me, like, a breakdown, like a sheet. And I was like, wow, I didn't know there was homework. Um, so it's like, how do you know what the numbers mean? How do you figure mm -hmm. out, like, the types? There's so many different types. There's, like, energizing, hustle, creative. It's like, well, how do you know what you need? Yeah, it's definitely a lot of trial and error, especially because... When it comes to weed and how people ingest it and how it absorbs into their body, it depends. You know, if someone's a much bigger person, they're going to need a lot more. Their tolerance is going to be higher. Um, if you, you smoke weed on a regular basis. Huh? Like, if they're going to be the bigger person, like they're mature, like they turn the other cheek. No, that's going to affect their tolerance a lot. If they smoke regular weed a lot, that's going to affect their tolerance. Like I said, it's a lot of trial and error and uh, just finding what helps you and just paying attention to the effects and hell write them down if you have to if you can't really remember how it was say well you know i tried this i tried the energy and it did this and i smoked a joint or half a joint or or whatever this is a lot of finding what works for you and just trying not to fall asleep at work yes yeah. it's definitely an enjoyable process so relaxed i missed the whole wedding yeah <laughs> so uh your shows of course your podcast christian mirror podcast wet spot uh, for people who haven't seen those shows, what's some of the things they can expect? Can you do shapes? Not even close. I can barely even roll. That's why I'm a very much a bong, oh, I've never uh, bowl a person. Yeah. yeah. It's a disappointment. I feel like it would be very sloppy if I did that. Um, you asked me a question. It, I think I listened. It was... Your shows. <laughs> Which shows. Your shows, what they're like. <laughs> they're they're good shows. It's the Chrissy Mayer podcast, which is on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. It's my one-on-one -on -one interview show. It's like the more serious, like I'll be funny. Sure. I'm never not trying to be funny, but it's like a serious 
ish one-on-one show where I will interview porn stars, libertarians. Um, you know, the, the one that came out today is with Alejandro Rojas, and he's like a big UFO guy, uh, conspiracy theory guys like Tommy G and Sam Tripoli and John Paul Rice, who was a big Hollywood producer who, um, you know, kind of exposing a lot of like the icky parts of Hollywood and like knows about the sex trafficking stuff and um, you're talking about, you know, conspiracy theories and censorship and um, and also comedians, you know, like uh, Anthony Cumia, who is one of my bosses. He's uh, he, you know, created Compound Media. He was the other half of, you know, Opie and Anthony, just like super successful, if not the most successful radio show. Um, it was on Sirius. Uh, there was an interview that just came out with Jim Norton, also one of the biggest comedians. I've had Doug Stanhope. Um, he's a pretty big name in comedy. Um, who else? So, oh, I had Roger Stone on a couple weeks back. That might be that might be one of my biggest guests so far. I was like amazed. I even I, I talked to Roger Stone a good seven minutes just about pizza, like legit pizza, not pizza date. <laughs> like really, just as into it. And I was like, wow, good for you. Um, I really feel like it was just a big long pitch for him to try to get on Barstool Sports because they have like a pizza you know, evaluation yeah. show everybody wants to get on. So that's cool. Um, and I like that. I feel like I can sort of like spread my wings or whatever. It shows like my range and I like interviewing people. I like sort of getting into people's like, if they want to talk, if they need therapy or whatever, like I like to sort of like get in there with people. Um, and then there's the wet spot, which I've had for about a year now on compound media and it's, it's like fluffy, right? So compound media, that network is, it's like, it was mostly like news, current events shows, political stuff. And I was like, wow, there was nothing just hosted by a female. I mean, there, there is a female co-host on this show, Morning, but it's mostly male dominated. And so I was like, all right, you know, there's like, I think there's a need here for like a fluffier show. So I pitched, yeah, it's like a sex dating relationship advice panel show. And the panel will consist of porn stars and comedians. I think you're seeing a theme now. Uh, and we will take, you know, calls, emails. Um, people will call on the like, people will call on the phone, email, and also like tweet questions or whatever. Um, and we'll try to answer the questions live over the air. And you know, in the last few months with like the COVID bullshit, you know, there's like clip shows like we'll put together, you know, just like answers like what's your favorite position? And we had like a March Madness style bracket of like best sexual activity. That I think was back in May. Um, so, and then we've also had really fun in studio segments. There was a dominatrix girl who came in with like one of her slaves and like it was interactive. Like we got the rap and saran wrap and he was like naked. We laid him on the ground and she was like, it's okay, step on his balls. I was like, I can't, I really can't like ball. I don't have balls, but I feel like I know what they're about. And like these, like, you know, what I'm meant to be stepped on, that's for sure. He's like, step on him, who cares? She's taking take it. He's slave. And I was like, oh God. I was like, are you okay? Do you need water? Do you need ice? Um, but it's fun. And you know, sometimes, you know, girls will show their boobs, which is always good to see. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's female run, but definitely like, you know, it's a huge male audience at Compound Media. So it's okay. We're trying to like do a little bit of crowd pleasing, but also provide something new and um, you know, just kind of making sex stuff fun and not so serious. Um, and then there's the Never Have I Ever show, which I just finished taping before doing this. 
and uh, they'll be like, you know, up to nine of us, you know, a, a bunch of us, and it'll we'll all be like in the Zoom format, right? Like Brady Bunch set up, and um, you know, the game. We'll just, we'll just, we're just going around telling telling stories. So it'd be like, never have I ever bought my own weed, and if I have bought my own weed, then I would drink and tell a story. Or like, what's a better example? Like, never have I ever had threesome, right? So if I've had a threesome, I take a drink and then I tell the story, right? And then we go around and if somebody else has had a threesome, then they tell that story and then so on and so forth until we learn too much about each other. <laughs> awesome. So uh, the uh, like I said, the um, if you're watching the video episode, there's a link tree slash Chrissy Mayer. You can find all her links to her shows and all of that. Uh, what's uh, How can they find your YouTube channel? Because I think that's where you do most of your stuff, right? Oh, yeah. I just think it's like, if you just search my name, Chrissy Mayer, C-H-R-I-S-S-I-E-M-A-Y-R, it should definitely all come up. I don't know. Let's see if it's like a name. No, yeah, just search my name. It'll all come up. It'll all come up. I did see the show you did with Jim Norton the other day. I'm a big fan of Jim Norton. Yeah, for the podcast, yeah. Yeah. Longtime fans of uh, my show will know that uh, we kind of, well, I've been blocked by Jim Norton on Twitter for quite a long time. And to be fair, it was my fault. (laughs) Back in a time when uh, Opie and Anthony were still together and Jim was still on the show, obviously. And we used to have a chat room on my show and I was kind of annoying. I tried to get a hold of celebrities and other radio hosts and tell them, hey, look at me. I have a show too, if you're interested in me having a show. So a bunch of people in the chat room <clears throat> all basically tweeted the same thing at Opie, Anthony, and Jim Norton just over and over and over again. I think at some point it was like over 500 tweets. Opie and Anthony ignored me, but Jim tweeted me, and I made a meme of this that I'll still use to this day because I remember his quote very clearly. He said, enough fucking spam about your fucking podcast, and then he blocked me. <laughs> so I've been blocked by Jim Norton for probably, I guess, about six or seven years now, so... That's not oh my fun. God. I'm a huge fan. And it was my fault. It was very annoying. Yeah, if I would have been, awesome. been on the other end, I would have, uh, would have pissed me off. <laughs> You're not missing anything. That's a lot, though. I mean, you know, there's probably people I've had blocked for years now, but you're never going to think to go back and unblock people. Yeah, I've been blocked by many celebrities at this point. I'm not as controversial on Twitter as I used to be. I've, you know, the whole Stoner Jesus thing, which at one time was really the height of controversy. People just don't seem to care anymore. Mm-hmm. Has Chrissy Chrissy Teigen blocked you? Uh, I really don't tweet at her. I find I don't think I follow Mm. her either. It's very, I don't know. It's the only show so much I can take. I saw her one day. I was sitting at McDonald's, and they had that one show, whatever show she used to be on, where all the women, you know, of different nationalities would sit around and talk about various things, and it just, it just, she was on and on and on, and I, I don't get, I don't get the appeal of Chrissy Teigen. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, she was a Sports Illustrated model, and then she was or, put I in... I get the appeal of her boobs, but... She's put in a music video with John Legend. That's how they met. And uh, I think just, like, because she's pretty and, I don't know, has a good body, I guess. And I know, like, a lot of women like her personality because she's, like, sassy. And what I don't like or respect about her is that she's, like... You know, she, she was so, like, complaining and bitching and moaning. Oh, a cute people. Everyone's coming after me. I'm such a victim. Oh, Twitter. Meanwhile, she is, like, queen of getting people canceled. Queen of canceling companies. So it's like, oh, finally the karma came back around, I guess. 
Um, Absolutely. But yeah, people love her because she's like the self-appointed mayor of Twitter. But whatever. <laughs> she's just kind of. Big. She's not my mayor. I'll say that. Oh. <laughs> uh, Chrissy, thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Um, okay. Anything else you want to say to people before uh, before we let you go? Hmm. You know, um, you know, take the time every day to call call a loved one. Make sure you're taking care of yourselves. Today I started running for the first time in two months. Wow. And you're never too late to get your ass off the couch, you know. Tomorrow's a new day. And be easy on yourself, too. Um, you know, I, you're, we probably all thought at the beginning of this, like, wow, I'm going to be home for months. I could learn a new language. I, I'm going <laughs> to learn to... I'm going to redecorate my asshole. I'm going to paint stuff and build a deck. And it's like, it's okay if those things didn't happen because like, I, I think there's a lot more psychological effects of what's going on now than people are acknowledging and it's weird times. So love yourself and others and smoke weed or CBD. Absolutely. I'm definitely not going to go running, but I may redecorate my asshole. We'll have to see. <laughs> Sit in Thanks. a little bowl of bleach. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show and uh, coming on here and talking with us for so long. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Have a good night, Chrissy. You too.